Blog Talk Radio. Hi, and welcome to Lighted Paths Radio. I'm your host, Claire Papan. And it's my hope that the information and interviews shared here continue to reach higher ground and offer inspiration that speaks to the heart and potential of today's evolving humanity and world. I'd like to invite you to follow the show if you're interested in receiving notices about future guests here on Lighted Paths Radio. Just click follow on this page to sign up and that'll take care of you. My guest today is Ken Elliott. He's the author of Manifesting 123, a book that goes beyond the current knowledge of manifesting. Ken offers a fresh perspective on how thought works and the role it plays in the non-physical world before appearing in your physical world. His method is simple and one that does not require any special skill or ability. And Ken will be the first person to let you know that. He's here to share his visionary process that he and countless others have successfully been using in the realm of manifesting. And Ken, I want to welcome you to the show, my friend. I've really been looking forward to having you join us. Thank you so much for having me. Wow. Believe me, the honor is all mine. So, you have had an amazing journey, my friend, and that has not only supported you, with great success in many parts of your life, but many others whose lives have benefited from leaving, uh, learning about your techniques on manifesting. And I love how you illustrate your book so very simply, the process that you use and the way that you explain how our thoughts actually begin to take form on the other side of this dimension and then flow into our physical world from there. Well, well, thank you. It's it's a very, very, very important concept, and it's something that's totally new. Um, you know, we've all been talking about manifesting for past generations. It goes back, and people were talking about this in the 30s, maybe the 20s. And there are hundreds, thousands of techniques and and uh, things you can do. You know, think happy thoughts and make vision boards and. Uh, law of attraction sort of principles and this and that. And at the core of all of those things that people are trying to say, and I support all of them, is this simple thing. And it, it, here's an analogy. Water runs downhill because of gravity, because of the natural law. And thoughts make things not because we think and wish and hope for them, they make things because when you begin to think it, they actually start to form up in the field around you. And for I have three, four gifted friends who are so gifted that either they go out of body to see this, or they can see this in real time, you know, on the physical side. They can watch these thoughts form, and they look like wisp of smokes or vapors. And, and simply put, all we need to do is is touch that thought every day. It's an intention. And the more layers of intention you put on this vaporous form, the more it starts to take on a solid, discernible shape. And if you stay with it and stay with it, it takes on a blush of color 
that gets very 3D, very fully dimensionally solid on the other side, in the spirit side, that other vibration, whatever you want to call it. And when it gets super solid and super physical looking, it comes into our world. Now, I can't speculate on what causes mm-hmm. this, but we're interacting with something unfeel- unseen field around us, and right. this underpins everything, everything. Right, and changes everything. I, I, I know that you have talked about how this form, this creation, takes place immediately from the start. Yes, yes. Now, let's keep in mind that the book Manifesting 1, 2, 3, the number one is how to make things that you desire. And the number two discusses worry or fear. So we're talking about loving things and purple things. So mm-hmm. thoughts don't decide if this is good for you or not. When you um, when you have a, a positive thing or you have a negative thought or worrisome thought, it begins to form that thing. So you can have good or bad outcomes depending on what it is you're thinking and how often you repeat the thought. Mm-hmm. This is eloquently, ele- elegantly simple. Yeah. Simple, simple, simple. I get right. tongue-tied trying to describe it. It's so simple, I try to make it complicated. <laughs> <laughs> so you talk about how this is actually an, invi- an invitation to make a wish or to pray or um, it, it, your intention. It's an invitation. Well, is it? it's more of a command. Now, ah, I'm not okay. going to be one that can talk about prayer because I haven't toured the office. I don't know exactly what they do. Our perception is that they don't listen very well, or maybe they heard us the first time, but we keep hitting the elevator button to try to get that elevator to come up. Well, it's, it's already coming. It's coming. Mm-hmm. Now, on the other hand, we are empowered since birth to create things by simply thinking of them. And everything that's ever been made in this world through time was someone's thought. If, if, unless it occurred naturally, someone mm-hmm. thought it up and went to the workshop and built it, and, and there it is. So when you think of everything in this world, it was a puff of smoke first. Look at the skyline of Paris. It was a, a combination of millions, billions of thoughts that formed in the field around some individual or group. And as they stayed with it, it solidified, and be- it became the Eiffel Tower. Right. Or, you know, the roads and the pavements and the, and the, and the school yards and the mailboxes. And, yeah. So everything was built by us by thinking at first. The wheel is one of the most fundamental inventions you can imagine. And what I'm saying, what, what I'm offering, and this is not my idea, this is passed on to me, not my book, this is information I'm passing on to you, the wheel is basic and fundamental as, as an invention it is, the fact that you now know that thoughts begin to create as you think them is more fundamental than the wheel. Now, that's mm-hmm. an outrageous statement, but I can back it up. And when you think about it, when you wake in the morning, you take a breath of air, and you are unconsciously breathing in and firing off a sequence of muscles you don't even know the names of, and you're bringing in this gas of components that you don't even know what the mixes are and what percentage, and you can't see this stuff that you're bringing into your body, and you are allowed to live because you're unconsciously doing this. Since birth, since you had conscious thought, 
you have been making things in the field around you. No one ever told you this before. It's not in the literature. That's mm-hmm. why this book is so incredibly important. And 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 if you can understand this, and any twelve year old can, then you you have one of the keys to the kingdom. And you can you change have... your life. Yes. I know it's really uh, made an impact on your life, especially from firsthand experience when you really began to see how this uh, this plays out. You have your own story with that as well. Would you like to share that story? Well, I've, I've been doing this for almost 20 years, and I have an extraordinarily gifted friend, Judy Goodman, the most gifted person in the West, as far as I know. And I, I don't. We'd have to take a whole show to run through her giftedness, but it's it's far mm-hmm. beyond anyone you see on Oprah or anyone I've ever heard of anywhere else. And there are people that are very close to that sort of giftedness. And I don't want to take anything away from anyone's giftedness, but there are uh, some extraordinary things that she does that I just don't see other people doing. So um, it was brought to me. Um, by a stranger that she had quite an array of gifts. I haven't known Judy for very long. And uh, they told me if I send her something in thought that she would get it. It would form up. Or she would she would, she would would see it. They didn't tell me it would form up. Send Judy mm-hmm. something in thought and she'll get it. I went, what are you talking about? So that was explained to me and this person had done something with a bouquet of flowers for Judy. Now, I'm going to say don't everybody start sending me things. I don't have that level of giftedness. I'm working on it. And it's meaningless to send things to Judy because the gates are up and it doesn't get through. But in our case, she was allowing this. I was being taught. I didn't even know I was being taught. I was just, I was just some fool that was having fun with a gifted lady, you know. Um, mm-hmm. So I sent her many, many things over the years. And then I had this idea because I would always send a thing and I would call her later in the day or the next day and say, did you get the thing I sent? Well, I, it occurred to me that I, I knew how this works, or had an idea because I'd made friends with William Buhlman, who's one of the key people, one of the key authors and teachers in out-of-body travel. Uh, that's William Buhlman, B-U-H-L-M-A-N. If you look up that name, you'll see him everywhere. And um, we had an off-site, uh, off-the-side conversation. He had indicated to me that when he's on the other side, he could see the things that he was putting on his wish list form up. And that's one of the techniques a lot of people talk about. You make a wish list, a vision board. Well, he would make a list, and he would call me and tell me what was on the list, and it would come true. And then he called me and told me about the second list he was making, and I thought it was pretty uh, crazy. Um, But, you know, he just started clicking them off. So he would go to the other side. He would go out of body. He'd physically leave his body during the day or at night, what people call a hyper-dream state, but he was fully conscious. So this is beyond lucid dreaming. He could move around and go visit people and do whatever he wanted to do. And on occasion, he would go by this area, and everything on that vision board, or that, that list that he was making, that's what he had, a list, he could see it in various stages of formation. And I, I said, what? He said, yeah, like, like there's this uh, piece of furniture that I want. I'm just thinking about that, for instance. These weren't the things on this list, but to use example. So I, he could see the vague outline of this sofa that he's uh, saving up to buy or thinking about buying. And then there's this this trip he wants to take. And that thing's pretty solid. He can see the outlines 
of, of the place in this country that identifies it with that country. And uh, in that case, uh, well, we would say. So he could see these five, six, seven, eight things, whoever it was, and some of them are very, very solid and full-colored, and he knows they're about to come over into the world. Other ones he needs to work on a little more and go back every day and and think about that list or touch it or put a candle on it or give it some sort of ceremony or not, but every day touch it, and he could go to the other side, he could see it getting more and more solid. And I remember what he said to me. I didn't quote him exactly in the book because I didn't use language that strong, but I'll use it here on the show. He said, you know, I can put this stuff on my list, and I go to the other side, and I can see it as if it's all lined up on the shelf in various stages of formation. He said, I'd be stupid not to do this. <laughs> and it hit me. And he was like, oh, my God, I need to know about this because he's got an edge. He's doing something. And, and we're yeah. doing this all the time, but we don't know what we're doing. No one ever put it in, in, in terms like this. So mm-hmm. I'm going to send something to Judy. I called her. I said, are you busy? That's Judy Goodman, judygoodman.com. She lives in Georgia. And I've known her for uh, you know a few years now, and, and I'm just fooling around with this stuff. I, I didn't get it. And so I'm, I'm here on the radio trying to help you get it, but it took me years before I got it. And I'm the guy that was the expert on this, wrote the book on this, and after I wrote the book, it hit me two or three years later, I didn't realize how important this really is. And I'm going to come back yeah. around to that. So yeah. I, I, I called Judy and I said, are you busy? She said, no, what's up? I said, well, I'm going to send you something in real time, in real time. So uh, I, I want, to, want you to stay on the phone with me, and I'm going to think, of sending you something, and I'll put whatever it is in that chair. She said, okay, so what are you going to do? Well, a long time ago, when I first did this, I was going to send her a gift on her birthday. And the only instruction she'd ever given me, she gave me that day years before, she said, what are you going to do? And I said, well, I'm going to think about it really, really hard and send it to you. She said, look, you, you don't have to see a picture of it. You don't have to be someone who's a visual artist like me. You don't have to really get every little centimeter of this thing down. You send the object, give it a few seconds. You don't have to really concentrate on this thing very hard. Give it a few seconds. And she said, in your case, since it's my birthday and you're sending me a gift, you're going to think of it in your mind and it's going to come out through your heart because you're gifting this to me. She said, I'm going to get it every time. Well, she gave me a very powerful instruction, but it was subtle and me being uh, some poor fellow with a guy brain, I didn't pick up on that. So what I did was is I just crammed and jammed that thing and just bludgeoned it into existence in a, in a very short time. So going back to the second uh, example, I told Judy I'm going to put something in that chair. And again, she said, so what are you going to do? And I said, well, I'm going to think about it really, really hard and send it to you. She said, okay, bucko. <laughs> I always say this. She called me a bucko like, Grasshopper, like <laughs> propeller head, like you know, squirt. Yeah, you know? so yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so here we go. Well, I was a bucko in this stuff. I didn't have a clue what I was doing, but I, every time I did it, it would happen. Everything I sent mm-hmm. her, and at this point, I'd sent her I don't know, twenty things or something. She got it every time. So I'm going to do something in real time. Very, very bright of me to think of this. Only it just took years for me to think it up. <laughs> All right, so mm-hmm. I'm not going to tell Judy what I'm going to send and I want this to be unique and I'm an artist so I have this little crazy bent on things so 
So I, I want to come up with something that is truly mine. It's not just floating around in the radio or the airwaves and the broadband. So I'm going to send her a five-foot-tall Daffy Duck. Yeah, Daffy Duck. And I'm going to sit it in that chair, and it's got this upward little stick, like a, like a, you know, a wooden ruler. And across the ruler di- uh, horizontally, there's another little piece of wood nailed to that, stuck to that. And on the front of it, in red lipstick and long hand, it says love. So I've got a Daffy Duck with a yardstick holding a little horizontal sign that says love on the front in red lipstick. So I go to work mm-hmm. on it. Now, remember that heart thing? I, I'm not up on that. Forget about that. I'm, I've long forgotten about that. So I start to cram this thing. Well, I, I just sent it out, one, two, three, boom. You know, I just, uh, Daffy Duck, there it is. Uh, but no, that's not good enough. So I, I was concentrating on this really hard, and my fingers are curling, and my hair is falling out, and I'm squinting, <laughs> and my toes are curling, and I'm just doing everything I can to make this Daffy Duck form 2,100 miles away with nothing oh. but thought. I've been 100% successful at this. But, you know, I've I worked real hard at it. I've worked very, very hard at it. And and I'm not a meditator. Meditator, is that a word? That sounds like a bad vegetable. I'm not <laughs> one that's very good at meditation. Uh, my mind wanders, all this. I, I, you know, I don't have these high concentrating powers. I'm just an average kind of fellow at this stuff with a guy deficit. Uh, you know, I can't mm-hmm. hold the baby and make breakfast. So I'm I'm working real hard on this Daffy Duck thing. So after two minutes, I'm just I'm just popped, and I asked Judy, "So uh, what have you got?" And she raised her voice a little bit. You know, we're we're, we're kind of pals, but we are pals. And she got in my face. That's not Judy. She's very kind, very nice, very very diplomatic. But she was kind of chewing me out a little bit, I guess. And it sounded just like this. She said, "Are you trying to send me something?" And I said, well, I am. I'm working really hard on it. She said, well, you have a wimpy thought. You get a wimpy result. You're just making folk smoke in the chair, man. You need to get on this thing. Now, come on and quit wasting time. And it just rattled me, really rattled me. And and I was intimidated. And and so I, I had some more energy to get on this thing. I was scared. Am I losing my friendship? I'm, I'm a failure. I'm wasting time. I'm suddenly, the magic is gone. But she said something in there that I didn't hear because I was too intimidated. She said, you're just making smoke in the chair. Now, if she had said calmly, hey, Ken, oh, boy, it's starting to form up in the chair. I can start to see smoke. There was no smoke in the chair before. Look, you're making something. If she had put it to me in those terms, I'd just yawn and I'd say, well, I've got to run in here and I'll get back to you on this because I'm really good at this stuff, right? It scared me. I was intimidated. And so I jumped on this thing and pushed and pushed and pushed. I didn't know I had it. And I concentrated on this real hard. Yes, my mind wandered. Yes, I didn't do it efficiently because I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just average, average, average at this stuff. I don't have any special skills or special plan. I was just pushing out this silly idea of this daffy duck with this, with this homemade sign that said love on it. And I worked on it real hard for another four minutes. And then I had... I was just toast. There was nothing left to do. I didn't know. I was just falling apart. And I said, okay, what did you get? I'll never forget. She said, are you trying to send me a cartoon character? And her voice was back to normal. And I said, yeah. I had a huge lump in my throat. And uh, she said, well, 
there's this poor little human-y thing in the chair, and he's got little skinny arms and little skinny legs, and he's got cartoon colors on him, so I figure he's a cartoon character, and he's got a stick in his hand. 2,100 miles away, Mm. six minutes, no special skills, no instruction manual. And this book is for the instruction manual. It just explains what happens and, and helps you through the process. And, and that Daffy Duck is starting to form in the chair, in the spirit side, just out of this physical vibration, and it can be seen. And if I stay on that, it will come into the physical world. Wow. Now, it, it, come in the, it could come in the form of the doorbell rings, and there's a UPS guy with some gift from somewhere that's got a Daffy Duck on it. Mm-hmm. Or some some boy or girl will put a sticker on her when she's sitting at a soccer game watching somebody with the Daffy Duck sticker. That Daffy Duck is on the truck. And if I stay with it, it's coming to her in some form. Mm-hmm. And you know what? It has to happen because it is the law. And when you start mm-hmm. to think of something, it begins to form. Now, all these advertising commercials and billboards and random thoughts, they don't do anything. They don't they don't get anything going. But if you stay on something, and I'm talking about the things you worry about or the things that you desire, those things are forming over there and my friends can see them. And I've had Judy call me and she's given me months ahead heads up and twenty four hour heads up that things coming into form and get ready. And sometimes it's not good news. Mm-hmm. Because I thought I'd taken care of this worry that I hadn't. So uh it's nice to have somebody like this say, Hey, you're doing good on this thing. Or what happened to this business plan? This thing was almost done. You don't want it anymore? And I said, no, it's it's too complicated. It's going to take too much time and energy, and we can't protect it electronically without a lot of money. So I'm going to let that plan go. She says, it's going back to smoke. I said, that's okay. We built it. We'll build another plan. But she can see them forming up over there. And mm-hmm. I'm making them on my own with just my little my little pea brain. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> We're all Great equally good story. at this. Yes. I'm every bit as good at this as Arnold Schwarzenegger. Nobody has an edge on Arnold in creating things, and Arnold has manifested some rather amazing things in his life. True. And you, you, this, this place that we are all in, where we're equally powerful in our thoughts and in our ability to use um a method like yours for example you you share mm-hmm. about how that a, a really great example uh of how that works with i think you you used an example one time about a glass of water picking up a glass of water mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and how anyone can pick up that glass of water could you could you mm-hmm. share that example yeah, let's 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 have a competition. We're going to beat up on Arnold here, as a good fellow. So, uh, so Arnold and you and I, we we all have a glass with the same amount of water in it, and we hold it up, hold it out at arm's length, and we're going to see who can make gravity work best for us. Now, Arnold's a pretty tough guy, powerful guy, well trained guy, and I I haven't been practicing on gravity. I haven't been in the gym. I don't know much about gravity, and. And you maybe have a physicist background. You know quite a bit about gravity. And one, two, three, we all let them drop, and they all hit the ground at exactly the same time. Nobody has any edge on the law of gravity. And when you're thinking of something, you are as equally powerful. Let's not use the word powerful. It sounds like too much. You're equally gifted. No, I don't want to use that word. People can trip on giftedness. 
you are equally capable. You're born with it. You don't have to think about it. And you breathe just as well as in the sky unless you have a disease that gets in the way. In terms of gravity, you have no peer on the planet in your use of gravity. Ditto with your use of thought. When you think it, it starts to form. My friends can see it. And it happens every time. Water flowing downhill is not dependent upon your belief of gravity. Water will flow downhill with you or without you. In fact, it, it just flows downhill anyway. And your thoughts make things. And here's the kicker. Uh, you don't hear this in metaphysical stories. That, that plays it very much. It doesn't matter if you believe what I'm saying or not. It doesn't matter if you believe in gravity or not. It does what it does. It's the law. Now, you can get in the way of this if you if you have a lot of negative thoughts. Well, you'll create negative things. But thought is creating all the time anyway. And your belief system has no bearing on its efficiency. It's going to make stuff. It just makes stuff all day long. And 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 now you are set free to create what you think. And you can create impossible things. And yes, if you have a prayer life, I certainly do. Put out those prayers too. You'll be heard. But you have, it is your birthright that you can make things. It comes with the breathing apparatus and the eyes and the ears. And the, you know, If you don't breathe, you don't live. And, and you create. When you're conscious, you're creating. This is the most foundational thing, just about the most foundational thing I've ever heard. And I don't know why I went in the literature before. I don't know why I'm the messenger boy on this thing, but I've been doing this for 20 years. And I have a number of friends who have reinforced this. It isn't just some little thing that I dreamed up as a thesis and I'm putting out there to make money. Um, uh, you can go to my website, manifesting123.com. You'll see these radio shows. And I'll talk about this, and I get away for free. I'm not yeah. going to go to the other side and somebody wags a finger at me and said, you were charging people $15 to teach them how to make things. Or you're charging $15 to teach them how to breathe. How outrageous. Well, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> There's a lot of information in the book, but it's here for free, okay? So go get it, go do something, and then send me your stories. Sign okay. up for that newsletter that comes out every Friday. There's stories in there, many stories a month. From, That's from at your website, correct? Manifesting123.com. Yeah. That people yeah. can sign up for your newsletter, and, and uh-huh. once a week you'll send out new stories of uh, of people who have shared about manifestations that have occurred based on the method that you teach in your book. And that's what I was wanting us to uh, get to next is okay. the method, the number one. Number one. Well, if thoughts can make anything, concepts, cars, um, uh, you know, uh, health, all these sort of things. Thoughts just make things. It doesn't matter if it's a thing or, or, a, or a concept. If thoughts can make anything, let's be smart. Let's be brilliant. Now, this has been out there in the manifesting field, and it is brilliant. If thoughts can make anything, let's be really, really clever about this and imagine that you're already in your future. You can be sitting on the sofa. It's at the end of the day, and you're in your future at an unspecified time. Be an hour from now, be two years from now. It doesn't matter. And I'll say to myself, I'm in my future, and I observe I have perfect health. And I'm breathing the air in my future. I make contact with the future. I'm pretending, sure. 
Do I visualize this clearly? No, but it's my couch. This couch goes where I go. That's easy. And I'm breathing, taking in the air in my future. That's sort of an odd feeling at first. And I'm touching the couch that I'm sitting in that's in my future. And I'm in my future, and I, I have perfect health. I've had perfect health for some time. I'm so very grateful. Remember that thing that Judy said about the heart? Yes. I'm going to take that thought of my future, and and let's be clear, this thing in the future has already happened. I could be, I can imagine that I'm in my perfect career at an office, or let's, let's take away all these moving parts. I could be back at home at the end of the day after my day at at my career, almost a job. I, I don't. I don't want to wish you a job. I want to wish you a career. Your career could be at home. It could be anywhere. We have a lawnmower coming up on us from across the way. So I'm going to sound like a, a lawnmower for a while. Um, okay. So um, I could say I'm on my couch in my future, and I just came back from work, and I just love my career. I just love my career. Love. I said work back there. I'm going to stay with career. Love it, love it, love it. I can't wait to get back and do more of this. And it could be in, in the next room. It could be on the 12th floor somewhere or my, my own little business or big business. It doesn't matter. And and I, I just I just love the people I'm with. It fills my cup. I couldn't be happier. And I'm so very grateful. I can't imagine how all of this came together. It's just fantastic. I really hear that a lot more now. <laughs> I'll see if I can escape it. You know, it does not cover up your voice at all, so no worries. Okay, well, I'm just going to move away mm-hmm. from it for just a little bit. Okay. Um, so I, it's, it's a fabulous concept. So the idea is to make things really, really simple. Don't say, if, if you're going to get that new career, don't go into your future and specify that, oh, well, I got uh, a new do, a new wardrobe, uh, I lost eight pounds, Don't specify you have to do all these things before you get the perfect career or the perfect partner. Don't specify because your thoughts are so very literal over there that whatever you say, that's exactly what it would make. If you say, I want something, then you are wanting. If you say, I need this, then you are needy. And your thoughts will do nothing because you will remain in need Oh, you want to be needy? Poof. Oh, I didn't have to do anything to make you needy. That whoever's in charge, you're still needy. So what you want to say is, I desire this. It's a command. You can command it. You don't have to say please and thank you. You don't have to go through any of that. You simply imagine you're in your future, and you walk around in this thing. Or you just stay on the couch with it. So uh, an example for perfect partner. That's very complicated. Well, I need to, uh, I need to do all these things with you know, personally, back to the wardrobe and this and that, and I've got to have a better car and more money in the bank and all this. No, 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 no. I'm in my future, and I'm sitting on my couch, and my perfect partner sits down next to me, and the couch squishes over just a little bit, and I pat her on the leg. And I'm so happy. This person is so perfect for me and me for her. Oh, yes, I have warts, but I get a pass, and she has these funny little things, and I think they're endearing. We're just perfect for each other. But I do not look at my perfect partner. I don't specify uh, anything about her. I just love her dearly, and she loves me dearly, and we're perfectly compatible each in our way for each other. 
if I if I say green eyes, then I go from three and a half billion females on the planet down to all the green-eyed people. And the more detail you put in, the smaller the set of people that uh, could come into your life. So that's why you don't look at her? No. Because you don't want to get a preconceived idea from your mind and interject it into this future movie that you're creating? It's not a suggestion. It will literally make what you say. Mm-hmm. If if I get my computer and I just type W on the keyboard, all it does is make W's. It doesn't do anything else but W's. So your thoughts are so literal. That's what they do. Mm-hmm. And you want to keep it so, uh, wider open so you're mm-hmm. not sh- uh, putting any preconceived ideas. Okay. Yes. Now, there are. there was a woman uh, who came to me after an art class. I'm an artist, and I, I do some teaching. And... Uh, someone in the late 60s or 70s, um, early 70s. And, and uh, after the class, I, I talked about manifesting. I do that for those that want to stick around and hear it. And uh, she said, I have glaucoma. What should I do? And I, I almost had to, you know, just grab the chair there. I just got a little wobbly. I'm not a doctor. I, you know, I've, I've been making dappy ducks and things in my life and, and yeah, I get a lot of stories, but this is this is pretty serious and it's medical. And I'm better qualified for this. But I told her the only thing I know to do is to go into your future, and in your future, you have perfect eyesight. She said, "Okay," and she laughed. And I had to sit down. I just felt a load wow. transferred yes. off on me, and and I'm just, what am I doing? What am I doing? Hmm. You know, I'm not. I'm, yeah, I've had a lot of experience, and, 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 and it's, it's worked for me and some other people, but, you know, this is a whole other level of, of need. Mm-hmm. And uh, so she she called me back. It was uh, six months later or so. Um, as I tell the story, I'll get to the numbers right. And uh, she said, let me tell you something. After I saw you, two months went by, and I went back for my checkup for Black Congress. She has to do this, I think, at least twice a year. And the doctor said, well, you don't have glaucoma. She said, what? He said, well, this is very unusual. Um, I'll tell you what, glaucoma is a very slow-moving disease. So I'm going to take off medication, if you'll trust me, and come back in six months. There we go. It was eight months later when I got the story. Come back in six months, and we'll see if this glaucoma has come back. But it's gone. So she got a second opinion. I would. And she goes to this other doctor at that same time, and he says, what glaucoma? Mm-hmm. Well, that's interesting. So um, so after this two months and two doctors, and there's no glaucoma, she said, well, to herself, yeah, Kim may be on something here. Maybe this stuff does work. Maybe these stories that he's putting out that other people have, maybe there's something to it. So I'm going to start working on something besides my eyesight. So she specified this future, and in her future, her husband comes in the front door, and he hands her a check for uh, some amount of money. I won't even say the amount of money, but it was you know it wasn't, it wasn't millions of dollars. He, uh, he is close to retirement, and he said if he, if he got that number, well, I'll say the number, twenty thousand dollars. If I come up with another twenty thousand dollars. 
and he's in sales. That could happen. He gets it in chunks like that. Then I'll retire. So that was her movie. He walks to the door, hands her an envelope, doesn't say a thing, and she opens it up, and there's the $20,000, which means he's fully retired. Mm. And off they go. So so she put that in her movie two months after uh, we first talked. The two doctors said, walk on coma. She started her movie. And then she went back six months later for the next checkup on the glaucoma with her main doctor. And the doctor said, your glaucoma is still gone. Now, mm-hmm. she gave me this story, and I've got to fact check this the best I can. So I just Googled up glaucoma, and the first big site that comes up is the American National Glaucoma Society, some big organization like that. You don't have to scroll down. It says glaucoma is not curable. I didn't know that. I thought glaucoma came in a lot of different flavors. It's not curable. And if you have lost any amount of vision, then you will not get that vision back. Well, as it turns out, she had lost some vision. It wasn't critical. But it was going to get critical to her as an artist and, and just a, a regular person not to lose any more sight than she possibly had to. So her glaucoma locked down into a place where she is very happy with the outcome. If it didn't go any further, it's fine. She's fine. She'll she'll take that. That's perfect. That's like perfect to her. That's that's the equivalent of perfect. She'll take that. Very happy with it. Yeah. Very grateful. There's that word again. So, yes. Um, she used so two, gratitude the, the, the in doc- with her movie, like you were talking about earlier, because gratitude yeah. plugs us into the power of creating our thoughts. Well, our thoughts will create it, and I did it for years, just bludgeoning thoughts and forcing them and concentrating really, really hard. Once I started thinking of something, and then I just said I was very grateful, it magnified that thought exponentially, exponentially. Yeah. It's, gratitude is love, and that's one of the two great powers in the universe. There's love and fear, light and dark, up and down. So after eight months, this woman came back from the doctor the doctor said, you know, this is, he didn't use the word miraculous, but he said, this is very, very rare that this would happen. Uh, no more glaucoma, no more medication, you know, so just going down the road. And and then within days, her husband walked in the door. He had an envelope. He handed her the envelope. Ooh, you're a little choked up about that. He handed her the envelope. She opened it up, and there's $10,000 in there. And she began to laugh. Well, he's hurt. He's embarrassed. It's like you give someone an engagement ring and they laugh at you. And he said, what's, what's the deal? And she told him the whole story. She said, I was manifesting 20000 You brought ten. He said, I have one more deal. It'll be ready in two weeks, and that's the other 10000 Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, yes, the... Um, Gratitude is very, very powerful, and you can make things by thinking it and using gratitude. But let me offer something very important. You may believe in God. You may not. You may believe uh, in in a higher power. You may think that things are random. But um, it's been shown to me in, in no uncertain terms that it's just good manners when you are giving gratitude to give gratitude to God or the God of your understanding. Because mm-hmm. somebody devised this system, and we get to benefit from it, from it, and our ability to make things by thinking it, bringing it to us, or helping us in our endeavor, 
is amazingly powerful. Yeah. And again, we've been doing it our lives. I can't underscore it enough. I, I need to stand on my head and shout this uh, from the rooftops of the top of the Empire State Building, or the Chicago Tower, or something. Cause, uh, and, and we are going to make a wave with this because once people get this, they never let it go. And I've had businessmen who have done this in the closet, so to speak, and they'll call me and say, I need to come over and talk about this, or I need to get on the phone and talk about this. And they'll say something very much like what William Buhlman said years ago. I've been using this. It works. And I'd be silly not to use it. I don't know what's right. going on here, but I'm specifying unusual things. You know, pink speckled elephants, and I get pink speckled elephants. This is amazing. Mm-hmm. So that's the number one. You go in your future. Don't don't make it too detailed. And use gratitude with every... When I call the movie, you go in a movie, and in every scene, you use gratitude with every scene. Anybody can do a movie. But it's hard right. for meditation. It's hard for. It's not a test of faith. It's not any of that. You simply go in the movie. It will start to form. It couldn't be any simpler. So, Ken, I know that for you as an artist in your career and as an author, you have used this. What What does your movie look like when you use this for your career? Well, I know I'm, I'm watching our time go down, so I'll do this efficiently. I imagine I'm in my studio. And that I'm making paintings um, easily. Uh, they, they, they come through me gracefully, and I get better with every painting. And that, uh, and I say things about my career. I'm in my future, and I'm examining that my career is very successful, and and I have a, you know, a substantial income flow, and I, and and that um, you know all, all the things that a successful artist needs. So I put all those things in my movie, and and you better believe I'm grateful. And I would tweak it sometimes. I would specify a certain type of sale or an add-on gallery or that maybe uh, the wholesale trade would get interested in. And I'd put those things in my movie, and I'd watch them come to me. I'd, I'd, I'd just watch it come through the door over the phone, or I'd meet somebody at a party, this and that. And, and that reminds me, once you start putting these things in your movie, don't sit at home and wait for it to come through the keyhole. Because things are forming up all around you, and not everything can come via FedEx. So I've learned to say yes more. I get out and move around. Somebody will make a suggestion. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I'll go. I'll just show up. I just show up. And I meet, in fact, I put that in my movie. I meet wonderful people. I experience marvelous things. And I see wonderful places. And I don't have to worry about the time away or the money to get there. And I'm so very grateful. Something magical that I do that's a proof of concept for me every day is that I'm busy with a lot of things. This book, uh, you know, friends, family, um, our career, two full-blown jobs. So I didn't have any time for myself. And it just hit me, if I have a problem, I'll put it to my future where that problem doesn't exist. So I had this crunch on, on time. So it hit me, oh, I'm going to create something in my future where this isn't an issue. So I say, I'm in my future, and my time is perfectly synchronized between what I'm here to do, my life's work, I'm on the radio doing what I'm here to do. Thank you, Claire. You're welcome. My time is perfectly synchronized between what I'm here to do, my relationships, my careers, and my personal time. Mm. And then I started getting personal time. I hadn't had it in three or four years. Suddenly, within two weeks, I started having personal time, and I've had it ever since. 
uh, whatever I need. And I can't be late. Uh, if I'm late, they're late. And, and sometimes a week's worth of appointments will shift off. I'm supposed to go somewhere. No, can't do that. That's good. I had these impending deadlines in my art career. And I just watched the magic. I had magical, magical timing. But I manifested it. And that's very conceptual. But since it had involved other people or a job or a career or da-da-da-da, it happened. It was able to be manufactured, I guess, very very easily, very quickly. Sometimes mm-hmm. very hard things happen very fast. I don't know how the timeline works. Yes, it, it can vary, can't it? Between... It, it, it can vary. Uh, there's no um, predictor for the time that it may take no. for certain manifestations. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's virtually everything I've done in my movie has happened, with the exception of maybe two things I can pick up, and and I can see them getting closer. I can see, I, I can just watch little pieces of it come in, just a little piece at a time, getting closer. It's just like you hear it in the distance. Yeah, I'm over here. Hang on, I'll be there. You know, you just the coincidences along that subject matter happen. Yes. You know, it's the, you hear it on the radio. Why, why are they playing things about, you know, if you wanted a, a poodle, why, why are you suddenly hearing poodle songs or this and that? You know, it, it's getting closer. You're in the field of poodles all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. Or the perfect partner or, or the better career. Or, you know, it's, it's, it's starting to bleed over. And my friends can see it, that it's getting pretty solid. And sometimes you get indicators mm-hmm. of those things. So number two in the manifesting method that you use. We talked about one. Mm -hmm. Share about two with us. Well, two is essentially fear. We worry about things, and we're afraid of something. What is that? It's not love. It's fear. We are fearful of uh, uh, the spot on our hand. Oh, my God, is that cancer? Oh, my God. Or that ankle pain that won't go away, won't go away, won't go away. And we'll put it off, but we'll worry about it. And I've learned I can't afford to worry about something because I'm making it. So I act very quickly. Uh, you know, if the asthma doesn't take care of that pain in my ankle, and by the way, I'll always talk about a different part of my body when I specify something like this. So mm-hmm. if I've got that ankle pain and a couple of Advils won't do it for two or three days, then I'm going to do this. I'm going to take action on that fear. And this is, uh, people say this in other ways, or do they say it at all? A lot of people make things too complicated about about this. But now that you know how thought works, then you can do something very basic and very simple to offset it. So I can't just tell you, well, forget about your ankle. Well, hell, it, it, you know, it hurts so hard it feels like your foot's coming off. So I can't just say, well, forget about it. Or this impending, uh, you know, rent that's coming due. Well, just forget about it. Just manifest the solution. Are you going to worry about it? So the information that was downloaded to me, and, and I don't get a lot of uh, things like this. I'm just a regular folk, but uh, every once in a while something gets put in my head. And so I got this information, and the information I got was take action on your worries. And like I heard the voice, but I didn't. It was just in my head. I said, what? That sounds smart, but I don't get it. And And then it played out. So if I have this problem with my ankle, Here's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to worry about this and create and make this worse because I have that power. My thoughts will make anything. So I don't want to make a real problem with my ankle. Well, maybe it's nothing. So I'm going to take action on this worry because I've got to stop worrying. I've got to 
less in this worry business. I got to get it out of mind uh, or, or knock it down so it's not empowered by fear. Fear will exponentially make that little worry about my ankle much, much stronger. So I don't want that. I can't afford it. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take action. I'm going to grab my phone or a piece of paper or something, and I'm getting an appointment schedule, and I'm going to say, call the doctor at 9 a.m. tomorrow. Okay, I'm taking action on this worry. Will that make my foot feel better? No, um, but I can lessen this worry because there's nothing I can do about it, apparently. The Advil's not working, so I'm going to the doctor at 9 o'clock. Now, if I wake up, there's that ping on my phone. Yeah, I've got to call the doctor. I want to go to the doctor. But, you know, it's either go to the doctor and get a handle on this or keep worrying about it and make it worse. So uh, I'll do that. Now, if I wake up and that issue is not there, you know, if I needed money for rent and the money came in, well, I, I don't need to take action on this worry. It's okay. But if that pain's still there, I'm going to go see the doctor. Mm-hmm. And the odds are it's not going to be anything. If it was money, here's a very important little point. There's money and there's the equivalent of money. People have gotten checks in the mail from refunds, from something from a, a thing that went wrong with a car from a Ford Motor Company three years later, two years later, they get some 300 bucks in the, in the mail, some crazy thing, some this and that. It doesn't have to be the lottery. They, they move to another apartment. They have a better apartment for less money. That's the equivalent of money. They did punch in and punch out for the difference. People refinance homes. That's the equivalent of money when the mortgage goes down. So if if I'm uh, needing some money, I use that word need, hear that? Mm-hmm. So if I, if, if I desire uh, more income, then I'm going to take action on that. So there's a number of things I can do. Now, I'm gunning for uh, income or the equivalent of income, whatever will, will pay the bills. It doesn't mean I have to punch in and punch out. If I get the equivalent of income from whatever source, as long as it's legal, then I can use that to pay the bills. So uh, first thing I'll do, number one, I'm going to take action. I'm going to go downstairs and pull out a big old canvas and start to paint a big canvas to sell. Would it sell in time to pay those bills? Maybe not. Or Mm -hmm. I will, uh, number two, I'll... uh, Make a note, ping, here comes my phone. I'll call some people who owe me money. Ooh, I hate that. Would it would it pay all my bills? No, but I'm going to take action on this lack of money. Uh, ping, here's another one. If I'm working at a job, I'll go in and, and have a sit-down with the boss, and we'll talk about how I can be more valuable to the company and increase my income. Oh, I hate that too. But, you see, I'm going to take action on this lack. Because this lack yeah. is not sustainable. I've got to do something. So mm-hmm. I'm going to take action on it in three different ways. And there is money. There's equivalent of money. Right. Going back to the perfect partner, I'm not with my perfect partner, but I woke up one day happy. People report this all the time. They wake up happy in an indescribable way, and they know it's permanent. I've never been happy. I've never been happier. I woke up with it. I was already a very happy fellow. Now I'm just sort of, I don't know, kind of chilly, happy, chirp, chirp, happy, tweet, tweet. <laughs> um but I woke up with it, happier. I didn't ask for that. I do now. But my gosh, that was quite the side effect. So on this worry thing, you can create anything. So if you're worried about something and you're doing it in a serial way, you're creating it. You're making it, making it, making it. So take action on that so that you can do something about that. 
don't just sit there and worry like an eight track loop tape. Most mm-hmm. people don't even know what that is anymore. Um, and, and, and build it, take action on it, get in the middle of that thing and start making some moves. And by the way, go into your future and in your future, this issue does not exist. You don't have a financial problem. You don't have an ankle problem and it will start building that future. So I'm still one of the only people in my block that goes to the future to take care of stuff. And I watch it happen, sometimes fast, sometimes slow. And if I have a worry, I'm quick to put it in my future, and I can say, that does not exist. I'm making an observation that, oh, this thing went away. Oh, I'm so grateful. I don't even think about that anymore in my future. I just love this. I'm so grateful. Like you said, it's a... The method itself, the whole design of that method is something very simple to go into your future as a movie and see yourself where these issues are not even present. But the things that mm-hmm. are present are the things you desire and that you command to have in your life. So you say that we don't need number three. Mm-hmm. And here it is. There are people... I've been, uh, I don't know, whatever reason, who have seen who they are or or their higher selves. Um, They have experienced seeing someone at at, at what we call their higher selves. And they're these gigantic, you know, these seven-foot or taller people in, in white robes, and they're just powerful as heck. And and uh, you know, my God, who could that be? Well, that's that's Tim, the three-year-old over there, you know, playing with the soccer ball. I mean, we all have a higher self. We're all extremely powerful. And if if who you are walked into the restaurant where Claire and I are having lunch, if you came in as your true self, this 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 spirit person, not this uh, you know this physical part of us. If you came in at full power, everybody in that restaurant would hit the ground without thinking because we would know you were God. And don't look at us. Don't look at us because you're intimidating. You're very powerful. Oh, my God. But that's us. We're all incredibly, incredibly powerful. Um, and is that at the core of this manifesting stuff? Uh, no, I, I, I don't. I can't say that I know, but I don't think it is. I think we're just empowered anyway. You know, it's some. We're not gigantic, uh, gigantically gifted air breathers. We just breathe and we get by. We're just fine. But we are very, very powerful. And you don't have to be powerful to do this. So the fact that you are big in spirit and, and all that goes with that is not necessary to create anything. So you don't have to be pure. You don't have to be dressed in white and drinking distilled water for 40 days and 40 nights and fasting. No, you can just be a regular person and imagine you're in your future and your thoughts will begin to build that. It's not necessary for you to know how powerful you are. It doesn't have any bearing on it. It doesn't have any bearing on it. So you don't need number three. But I do want you to know that you're powerful. And and I believe your prayers are heard. I've seen too many miracles to think otherwise. And when people use manifesting, they may not even be in prayer. It may not be their thing. But they make things anyway. They don't have to be religious. They don't have to be of faith. They don't have to be holy or powerful to create 
they don't have to know really any more than what you've heard on this program to create. Sure, there's a lot more in the books and more in the newsletters, but you have what you need to uh, go forth, as we used to say in the mm-hmm. old days, and do good things. Do good things. Yeah. Well, as you have said earlier in our conversation, it wasn't until two or three years later after your book came out that you realized just how important the message that you share in your book is. And it can even um, have implications that can support not only ourselves as individuals, but in certain ways uh, support even global issues in in some way, uh, 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 an impact in some way. Would you address that uh, for just a moment? Yes. Now, this is going to be speculation on my part because I'm not in charge. But right. my observation, and it, it, in a lot of conversations with Judy Goodman, who does go the other side and see things, William Buehlman does go the other side, and they, they see effects on global scale. Um, if everybody was praying for peace, we would probably have more peace. Just a side effect of people thinking about peace all the time. But if if a lot of people are focusing on something, it does start to create a change in the field. If if people are wanting more compassion in the world, then more compassion is building in the field, and you may see it appear in known or unknown ways. I I can't tell you that I've ever seen anything appear in the paper as a result of people's thoughts. It took it took uh, people doing things in the physical. You know, Gandhi um, working with India and England to set India free was more than just uh, one thought. There were mm-hmm. a lot of things that happened in the physical side, but there was a thought that tipped over, uh, ditto for the civil rights movement, which we're still... We're, we're still, there's all kinds of civil rights to be done. And it just comes down to compassion. It doesn't matter what your color or creed is or red state, blue state stuff, which is a, a nutty way to, to, to split good people up. So um, our thoughts can make change in the field, and it makes something uh, more fertile ground for something to grow. I would offer that. And yeah. if, uh, if there's a man going down the street, uh, this happened to me, he's dragging his legs. And and, um, and I'm thinking, oh, what can I do for him in thought? Or I went over there and gave him some money, and I'm thinking, um, uh, what does he need? I don't know really what he needs, if it's money or if it's a leg. He may have far larger problems. So it occurred to me to just ask to send him grace. Mm. So I know mm-hmm. I know it puts an effect in the field. Is, is it a lot? I don't, I don't know. I don't yeah. know what grace is. It's a very big term. But mm-hmm. it would be my intention that it is what he needs. And ditto for the globe, the world, right. for us, for our family. So how can our listeners find you and your book and keep up with the manifesting tips that you put out in your your new stories via your website and your newsletter? Go to www.manifesting123.com and right away you can see a place where you can sign up for the newsletter. It'll come out every Friday morning and mostly it's stories from readers and occasionally I'll uh, put out some some tips or um, some little information in response to something that someone has talked to me about. 
or an experience of my own. So it's, it's, it's a little, you know, a little something extra. So it's a very informative newsletter. And, and I'm always wanting more stories. And anyone that sends me a story that I use for the newsletter, I'm going to send them an autograph book uh, okay. signed to them in, in gratitude for that. Um, I, I can't tell you how much fun and how empowering these no- newsletters are. It's one thing to hear me just go on and on about it, but these things are coming in from different parts of the world, You know, all kinds of people for all sorts of reasons. There's over 100 stories up there, and you know, if you ever get bored, just pull up the computer and, and go in there and look at that story page. It won't be boring. It's a lot more fun than another rerun movie or TV show, I assure you. Right. Well, Ken, you are a true gift. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank You're you. You're welcome. All that you share. All that you share. Thank you so much for joining us. The book well, I'm just Manif- standing under a waterfall of good things. I have to share. And as you say, water will go down. (laughs) It does. It sure does. So the book Manifesting 123 is available on the website in all ebook versions. There's an audio download as well and an MP3 of uh, you can get the CD. Is that true as well, Ken? There's a CD of the audio book available at your website. MP3 CD, so it plays on more recent stereos and cars, just like the the MP3 things that you download from iTunes. Wonderful. Oh, wonderful. Well, thank you again, Ken. Hope to have you back on. Share some more stories in the future. Thank you, and and thank you so much for allowing me to be on the show, and and I so appreciate all you do for all of us. Thank you from the bottom of my heart, Claire. Well, thank you. The pleasure is all mine. Take good care. And I want to thank you for tuning in to Lighted Paths Radio. I'm Claire Papan. And if you'd like to receive notices about future guests, click follow on this page. You can connect with me through my website, lightedpaths.org. You can also find more information about my book, Mary's Miracles and Messages, A True Story of a Visionary's Journey, as well as Amazon.com and BarnesandNoble.com. You can find that on my website as well. Please join us again for more enlightening conversations. Be well and peace, everyone.